Lord must love common-looking people. He made so many of them. Attributed to Abraham Lincoln, 1809-1865. Hello everyone, this is Rob McCall with the Awanajo Almanac, devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. This is the Almanac for May 15th to 22nd, 2020, and we're coming up on the new strawberry moon. Here are some natural events. We are cheered by returning songbirds, even if they are of the most common varieties. When a dozen goldfinches mob the feeders, and spangle the surrounding trees with yellow while waiting their turns. It's a delight to their heart, never mind that goldfinches are numerous everywhere. When crows drop in for popcorn, we watch them with wonder for their sociability, for their cleverness, and simply for their pure and shimmering blackness. No matter that they're one of the most numerous birds on earth. Then when the robins come a-worming, we watch them with pleasure as they cock their heads, bob and bend, and draw a wiggling worm from the ground. Common birds. Even squabbling seagulls deserve a measure of respect for their stately elegance, their smart gray and white uniforms, impeccably clean, despite all the garbage that they eat. Their bright yellow beaks with a brilliant red spot, their arrogant and withering gaze, their trumpeting call, and their grand wing spread and gliding flight. If gulls were not so numerous, Audubon's apostles would come from all over just to observe them. But alas, there are so many seagulls. Serious birders, it seems, must look for the more charismatic species, the endlessly confusing warblers, the rare thrushes, the wrens, the not-often-seen finches, the once-in-a-lifetime sightings. Still, the Lord must love common birds, too, because there are so many of them. Never mind the celebrity songbirds. We wouldn't trade one single bright and flittering goldfinch for six pallid Blackburnian warblers. Here's a field and forest report. The shad bush, also called juneberry, serviceberry, highbush blueberry, comes into bloom about now with its delicate white star-shaped blossoms on a copper background. This common shrub has served for thousands of years as a wilderness food. The first people dried the berries and pounded them together with venison to make pemmican that would keep unspoiled for months and provide protein and energy while on the trail. Also coming into bloom uh, right now are various types of wild cherry, including wild black cherry, prunus serotina, and chokecherry, Prunus virginiana. Note that chokecherry can be poisonous to browsing animals. Here's a saltwater report. 
How is it that a Maine lobsterman is featured in Solutions, the Spring 2020 Newsletter of the Environmental Defense Fund? When Bob Baines takes his 42-foot lobster boat Thrasher out into the Muscle Ridge Channel in southwest Penobscot Bay, he may not be checking his traps. He may be checking his crops. Bob is farming sugar kelp there to feed a growing market for locally grown and produced seaweed in New England and beyond. With lobsters moving north due to warming waters in the Gulf of Maine, seaweed farming can supplement income and provide a much-needed payback in late winter and into spring. If I can make this work, says Bob, then other younger guys can also do it. So eat your kelp, Johnny. And now here's a rank opinion. The corruption which has insinuated itself ever more deeply into our federal government is more appallingly obvious every day. We're now seeing that large parts of the taxpayer-funded virus relief bailouts are going to the same people who are funding election campaigns across the country. Large corporations, real estate magnets like the president himself, investment houses, and the like. Meanwhile, the ordinary people who do the real hard work that keeps the economy running are getting the short end of the stick again. The, the president's insistence that we all go back to work now, even when his public health advisors warn against it, highlights the truth that the present economy is designed to serve the wealthy and powerful, not those who actually do the work. And finally, a couple of seed pods to carry around with you. The first from John Boyle O'Reilly, 1844 to 1890. It has always been the aim of royalty and aristocracy to lower the individual liberty and independence of the common people. A baron and a minute man could not breathe the same air. And from Abe Lincoln again. Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself.